the boys are indeed back. I am your host, as usual, Wesley Minky. Across me today in the studio, the good old faithful producer, Timmy. What up, boys? I hope you all enjoyed the last episode with Bobby Mack, Bob McGilligan, the Jackets radio voice, talking about deadline moves potentially for the Jackets and uh, just all his thoughts on the Jackets as is. And then, you know, talking about the nicknames that he creates too and just the fun he gets to have with all that on a day-to-day basis. But this is a new week. This is week 13, episode 13 of Around the Rank. Shout out to our sponsors real quick. As always, Max's Meals. Max, great guy, great charity, great people, new website, check them out, Max's Meals. Our other sponsor, Never Rest. Benchpress Media, we partnered with Never Rest, the creators of the first portable foam rolling pad, and we partnered with them because at Benchpress Media, we never rest. Exactly. And together, we will roll roll the the world. world. Make sure you use promo code THEBENCHPRESS at checkout for twenty uh, for free shipping. There it is. Free shipping on all your Never Rest orders. We love Never Rest. Shout out to the boys. Yeah. So as always, we're gonna touch on our jackets. Man, it was a pretty good week to be a Jackets fan. I will say that. Um, I enjoyed the last game against Vegas. It was a fun one to watch. Sillinger, unbelievable game. Brings out his dominance. He becomes the first eighteen-year-old to score. Three goals in a game since I think Patrick Line did it last. Yeah, which uh, the, la- like, like the last perfect. the last three were Patrick Line. Yeah, so. it's just so. And on the bench, they said that Domi looked at him in the middle of the game when they flashed it on the scoreboard. Then it said Line had three as an eighteen year old, and he looked over and he said, "You got two more to get, silly." He said, "You better go get them, boy." I love that because Patrick Line is just a dog. Uh, Line also finds the back of the net in the game against Vegas. Jackets win six four. Fun game. Good Jackets needed the game too. Good momentum builder. Um, and then we'll also touch on – that. we haven't really touched on this yet because last week it was just me and Bob. Um, but the Nash jersey retirement against Boston was a great gesture, great game. Um, they did a great job all around just building Nash and letting him be shown to the world. I loved how NHL Network was there. It was a great job by friend of the show, Jeff Rimmer, MC in the event. He crushed it. Hopefully we'll have Rick on soon is our plan here at Round the Rink to get Rick back on. For an interview, we'll talk about that night. We'll talk about his career. We'll talk about everything, and we'll touch on his job too. You know, he is the director of player development with the Jackets, so we'll touch yeah. on those guys like I mean, Sillinger. I was gonna say Sillinger is directly under his thumb, yeah. so he's doing something right. So we'll get to talk about that too, and then also the Jackets had a little bit of injury dilemma this week. Uh, Voracek took a knee injury on a very questionable play uh, against the Minnesota Wild. I personally did not think it was a legal play. I thought. Marcus Foligno should have been suspended for it. He was fined $5,000, no suspension. It is what it is. It's behind us. Voracek back healthy will be in action tomorrow night, which will be tonight if you're hearing this tomorrow, um, against the Ottawa Senators. So good to have him back. Line A also with a knee injury on another knee-to-knee collision. He's all good, though. He played last game, like I said, against Vegas, scored a goal. And then Boone Jenner, upper body injury, still unsure of when he might return. He's supposed to return semi-soon. I think he got placed in IR, though, so I don't know how long um, he's going to stay there. Everyone's expecting about to be about maybe a week, maybe two, um, and then he'll be back hopefully because uh, the Jackets need their captain back. And it's funny because the Voracek injury, when you watch it in slow-mo, it looks very, very dangerous. It looked horrible for Jake Voracek. 
He goes down. His knee looked like it went, like bent behind itself, kind of. It, I mean, it was just a disgusting um, hit, play, whatever you want to really call it. Injury, we'll say. Yeah. Uh, so Brad Larson kind of had uh, some quotes on him today when he got cleared for practice, and he came back. He had a full practice. He did everything with the team. Um, and Larson said a couple quotes on his durability. He said, a guy like that, there's a reason why he's played a 1,000 games. His body seems to be able to withstand some of that stuff. And then they asked him, you know, how does he be able to withstand collisions like that all the time? He says, I don't know, because he doesn't stretch. He doesn't do any of that stuff. He, everything he does is pretty counterintuitive of what you should be as an athlete. I think he's one of those unicorns. And then he will also add, you know, Vortex, a freak of nature athlete. He puts his work in. One thing that is impressive about him is his passion to play. He's a true competitor. He loves to play the game, and it's amazing what that can do to drive you through games like that. I'm just saying, if we got a guy like Voracek on our uh, team for a couple couple more years, hopefully, that only is going to further what Cole Sillinger becomes when you're seeing that on a day-to-day basis, when you're seeing guys like you know, him, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Patrick Laine, Zach Wierenski, just pushing you every single day to get better. That only makes you a better player. So that's going to be super exciting to see. Also, one thing that great great thing that came out of that Vegas game was the the new look line of Max Domi, Cole Stillinger, and Oliver Bjorkstrand stayed together today in practice again. We'll obviously probably play tomorrow uh, against yeah, Ottawa. Yeah, Domi uh, was the only one to not score out of them last against Vegas. Exactly. So. He had the one goal, got replaced with yeah. Stillinger's second goal. But I'm just saying, if that's the line we're going to roll with, I am very happy with it. I love that line. I think that line's going to work really well together. Uh there's a lot of firepower in that line. Obviously, uh, Domi, Bjorkstrand, and uh, Sillinger are yeah. all great at what they do. I think they're going to work really well together. Uh, yeah, I think that's a great move by Larson. He has shown to be able to be flexible with his lines and also be consistent at the same yeah. time. Where like He changes it. He's not just going to do a one-game change. Like He sticks with what works. Where I think Tortorella said, hmm, his D pairings last year, like Wes and I would literally be sitting there <laughs> before the game being like, who is going to run out there for the Jackets tonight? And it was always interesting. So I do like how Larson is being flexible yeah. and also like at the same time consistent with his pairings and lines because this is a great line. Yeah, I think it's a great line. And I was, it's hard for me to get into this one because I think Sillinger is a weird fit all around for this team. I don't think. He particularly fits with any line. That's why I was kind of confused. Like when they first brought it out and said Domi and Bjorkstrand will be his two wings, I that, so sat there and thought to myself, like, there's no way that will not work. Like, Sillinger is not a guy that facilitates the puck as well as he needs to to be on that line. You want to set a guy up like Domi, who's really, really good as a one time shooter and also can pass the puck off pretty well. So there's kind of your facilitator in a way. But Bjorkstrand's a guy who's like, you want the puck on his stick at all times in your offensive zone. You don't want him to be, you know, moving the puck around and have no one to really give it to. Sillinger's not really a defined goal scorer coming into this, you know, into the league this yeah, year. Yeah, out of his, the draft, his his prospect thing was like his shot could be the best shot out of this draft class, but he's not defined yet. Like he's not yeah. the guy you want on that line. He surprised me. He played great. He had three goals on that line, so I can't say anything about his goal scoring ability right now. But he played great. He made the line look better. I think with his speed, with his ability to forecheck. He's giving guys like Bjorkstrand a chance to catch their breath a little bit in the mids to D zone, let them play their brand of hockey while Sillinger gets you know more ignited into the NHL game and you know lets the world see his little burning passion he's got, um, which is great for Columbus because 
when you're building a guy up like Cole Sullinger, who's from Columbus, uh, it's good for the community to see. Yeah, like, it here's means a guy more. we bred. Yeah, here's a guy we bred. Domi potentially on the trade block. So I think if this line continues to play well, maybe Domi sticks around. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if they move Domi. Uh, I don't know if other than Corpy, any big names from the Jackets get moved. If if Corpy is still on the Jackets roster after next week and the trade line, deadline is passed, there will be no two people more shocked than Wes and I. <laughs> Uh, we've I think we don't go an episode without mentioning how Corpy should be yeah. traded and could be traded. Uh, It'll happen again this week. It will. It it comes around. It rears its ugly head every week. <laughs> and, it, and we have nothing against Corpy, but we don't. But when you sign the extension, you sign with Elvis. You're setting yourself up for. And you heartbreak. got a guy with Tarasov back there who can do his thing. And crowd's favorite JF Barube. Yeah, you got Barube back there. I guess it's gonna just work out better for your future to roll with those guys and at least just get some sort of compensation yeah. than just letting Corby walk. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we talked about the future of this team a lot, Tim, too. And, you know, I put a little post out on Twitter. Uh, if you don't follow me, follow me at MinkyBPM. I post a lot about the jackets and I, I just post a lot of thoughts that come to my head as soon as they, you know, arise during games or whatever. And I put out a tweet Monday morning. I said, you know, in three years, this jackets team is going to be really dangerous. And a lot of people were commenting and saying, you know, why not now? Like, what's, why not the, Why not next year? Why not 2023? And I sat there and I looked at myself and I was like, you know, they're right. But at the same time, think about this. Let me just paint this picture for you, okay? All right. Cole Sillinger will be 21 years old. Patrick Laine, 26. Oliver Bjorkstrand, 29. Yegor Chinikov, 24. Zach Wierenski, 27. Jake Bean, 26. Andrew Peak, 26. Adam Boquist, 24. Vladislav Gavrikov, 29. Kent Johnson, 22. Elvis Merzlikens, 30 years old. All of our best players will be under the 30-year-old mark, except for Elvis. Folks, we're going to be good. Yeah. We're going to be young, and we're going to be elite. Yeah, and that's the thing. Cylinder will not just be like, yeah, he's 21, but he's 21 coming in. That'll be his third year, yeah. his third or fourth year. He's of, played good this year. Imagine yeah, he's going to be in three years. Exactly. You give him three NHL he seasons under his come out of high school. Yeah, he literally did. <laughs> he literally is like coming out of high school. And yeah, he's going to be ridiculous. He's going to be 21 playing in the NHL for his third or fourth season. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll take that every day of the week. And you can't underrate Chinnikov, same boat. He'll be 24. Or is that 24? Yeah, yeah, 24 then with his third season. Like, this team is going to be very, very good. Yeah, Kent Johnson, too. No one's even talking about him yet. He might join the Jackets in April. If we're making a late push and he gets freed from Michigan and gets to come to Columbus in late April to help us make a push for the playoffs, I mean, good good night world. Yeah. Like, that is going to be a scary sight for everybody. He, I, I don't where, know. where do you think he fits in? I don't, if, see, I don't want to get wanna, ahead of myself. Yeah, but where do you see him fitting in? But where is the best line for him? Maybe just, you know, he is the best passer on the team immediately. So maybe no, just put him he's next not to that, Patrick Laine. He, no, he's not coming in better than Voracek. He's setting himself up to be a lot better than Voracek is. He's already a lot faster. He probably will be a little more physical. He'll probably want to get in the nitty gritty areas. Yeah, I'm just saying he's not going to be a better. He's, I'm saying he's not, not going to be better right away. No, but he has I think the potential is year, certainly within there. Within a year or two, he will be playing more important time on ice than Jake Voracek will be. 
I, 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 I yeah. firmly believe Kent Johnson is a first-line left wing the minute he steps in Columbus. The way his game's playing right now, he's playing with guys that are in the NHL. People, no. people like to forget that. No, he's playing I know. on the first line of a Michigan team that has Matty Beneers, who led the all-of-college hockey in scoring this year. Yeah. Mostly due to Kent Johnson setting him up all year. He played with a guy like Owen Power behind him. All right, cool Michigan product Zach Wierenski is right behind you now. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, there's I things know. like that where yeah, people yeah. aren't expecting it. He's played with NHL talent. He's playing against guys that are probably going to end up in the NHL. Probably not first liners, but guys are going to end up in the NHL. Uh, I agree. I I just I don't th- I think that him being on a line with Lina, yes, that's the that's the future plan. It's a dream. The future plans is going to be Sillinger and. You're going to have Kent Johnson. You're going to have Line A, and that's probably what you're That is a beautiful line. That's what you're building towards, right? That's what you're building towards. It's beautiful. Line A will be... 26 26, probably with like... Middle of his prime. Yeah. No, like the prime. Yes. 26 is like the the, the peak of his powers. Cylinder will... Yeah. Oh, that is going to be a dirty line. See what I'm saying? That's so dirty. Okay, and then... That's And I don't want to get ahead of myself either, but... We're looking for a guy to play the right side with Zach Wierenski. That's what it's been all year round. It's yeah. who's the guy that's going to play the right side with Zach Wierenski, a right shot of defenseman, someone who can come in and play a Seth Jones style. Well, looky, looky who the Jackets drafted with the 18th pick this past year. Right side defenseman Carson Kuhlmans out of Wisconsin. Probably going to play in two years in the NHL. Big power shot, great offensive side for a defenseman. One college hockey player of the week, multiple weeks. One college hockey player of the month, I think, once this week to, or once this year too, for the Big Ten, where he's like I said, playing against guys like Michigan guys who are yeah. basically NHLers as is. Yeah, he has not nearly the amount of talent that uh, Michigan does. Coolman's is going to be that guy. If you're telling me the three first round picks the Jackets made this year all pan out to be first line guys wherever they're at within three years, roaring success for Yarmo Kekalainen. Oh yeah, roaring success. Yeah. He already has all the fan base's love. The fan base trusts him. Literally two years ago, not even two years ago, last year in the free agency market, the saying on Twitter was literally, in Yarmo we trust. Yeah. The dude has all the support of the fan base. Yeah. He's do- he's doing everything right right now. Uh, we're not going to do Once again, we are looking to three years. We are years. still not in the playoffs, but yeah. we're looking for the future. Yeah. the Literally the fact we're over 500 right now. It's like Surprise. ridiculous. Especially after all we sold last year. Surprise. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Just saying the game against Ottawa is a must win. It is. Uh, we're going to get into that too. We're going to look ahead to this next week of hockey for the Jackets. We haven't done this in a while, but we're getting into the, the important stretch of the season here for the Jackets. Like Tim said, Wednesday night at Ottawa, big game. Got to win it. Got to have it. Build momentum. Keep what we have going. Keep this energy going. Keep the city of Columbus into it. Then you come home for two games. Thursday night, you get Washington at home. That game has to be two points, and it has to be two points in regulation. You are fighting to catch Washington. You have a chance to take them out yourself at home. you got to get it done. I get it. It's on the end of a back-to-back, but you have to find a way to win those games. And then Saturday night against St. Louis at home. Again, Saturday night in Nationwide. Big-time turnout, hopefully, for the Jackets. Get that place rumbling. Two nights of rest until you play uh, St. Louis again. And then two more nights of rest until you go at Pittsburgh on Tuesday night. Got to find a way to win those games. Jackets have to win three out of the four, and they have to beat Washington in regulation to give themselves a chance 
They're currently 11 points back. But like I said, if they beat Washington, there's nine. You win three out of these four games. It's likely Washington will drop another game here soon. Yeah. Get yourself within six points. Yeah, six points has been like our thing. Three-win stretch. You yeah. Got, if you find a way to get within a three-win stretch, the playoffs are very manageable. I'm not trying to catch Boston. That is not my goal. No. I'd love to catch Boston. Not a goal, though. Not realistic. The likelihood of the Jackets catching Boston is very, very low. The likelihood of the Jackets getting an eight spot, not out of the picture. No. That's why I'm saying if the and I know it sucks too if you think about it because the Jackets oh congrats you get the eight spot in the playoffs now you got to go up against your choice of Carolina or Florida is probably who you're gonna face first round yeah that's... Jackets haven't had great success against either but they've won on the road at both yeah that's true so who's the kryptonite the Jackets can get Sergey Bobrovsky in the playoffs just saying I'm not opposed to playing Florida in other Jackets news Nick Foligno plays the thousandth game tonight in Chicago. When you guys hear this, it'll be last night. Super cool, though. Jackets captain. Longest captain we've ever had here. I think he was here for seven years as a captain, I want to say. Um, so just congrats to Nick. He joins his father, Mike Felino, I believe is his name. Yes, Mike Felino, as the only father-son duo to play a 1,000 games apiece other than Bobby Hall and Brett Hall. Pretty cool memento there um, to be able to say you're in a company with Bobby and Brett Hall. So that's pretty cool, but... Yeah, he's played 999 games so far with the Senators, Jackets, Maple Leafs, and Boston Bruins. Boston's 9-1-1 in their past 11 games, so these are kind of, you know, and I don't want to say must-win games for them too, but uh, they're pushing for the playoffs as well. They're trying to build a lead in Washington and Columbus. Chicago's won two of its past three. We'll see. It should be a good game tonight. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chicago segue. Let's, let's segue. Chicago, Marc-Andre Fleury. Could be dealt. Could be dealt. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen someone hate Chicago more than Marc Andre Fleury. Like, poor guy. He just seems so unhappy, and that's nothing against the Blackhawks, because you know, like, it's not. They're 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 in like a retooling phase. Maybe not rebuild. I mean, they're going it, through a, a franchise of head to toe retooling, rebuild type deal. Uh but yeah, he. I think definitely think it could help a contender down the stretch. We discussed off air, uh, going back to the, the Knights. Yeah, but potential I'd, there at least. Yeah, but God, would they just be in cap? They're already in cap. He just hell. needs to go somewhere where he can go to a contender that's looking for a at least solid guaranteed backup. If anything, can push for a starting job. Yeah, and can win starter. you games in the playoffs. Yeah, has more has, has more playoff experience than any anyone. other goalie that can be dealt right now yeah um yeah while we're on that topic i mean mark Andre flurry he's not great this year i mean 19 20 and 4 with a 292 goals against average and 908 save percentage in 43 games it's not great like i'm saying it's, I, i'm not saying he's a, a starter right away you can't ship him off to colorado and go here's your goalie one go win the cup like it's not that simple um i think he has a good chance to be dealt before the deadline though I just think the Blackhawks, obviously, like we said, kind of in a rebuild. I'll get to another player I think is another piece of that rebuild coming off soon. But I think that it makes sense for Fleury to leave. He was going to retire at the beginning of this year, so why not push for a cup run? You know he's going to want to do it. Chicago is going to want to get rid of him. 
They want him to free up that salary as well. Colorado might want to do it. They don't have anything real special in Darcy Kemper. He's never no, won a playoff he, series for you. No, he is the he's average. Yeah. And he's I, average like said, at best. If you listen to that Bob interview last week, Bob McGilligan, he said, you know, I, I'm not going to bet on Darcy Kemper when I don't know if he can win playoff games. I'm, I can bet on Andre Vasilevsky in the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's won two cups. He's won a Conn Smythe. I can bet on that guy. I don't know if I can bet on guys like Darcy Kemper. I don't know if I can bet on guys like Sergei Bobrovsky. What Sergey are you getting? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that could be another piece too. Maybe Flurry goes to Florida. Goes to be a solid backup in case you know things go way downhill with uh, with Sergey. You got a great backup in Mark Andre Flurry. Yeah, the price is a little expensive, but it might be worth it if you're looking for a cup run. Exactly. If you're looking for a cup run, I think there are two. There's two goalies who are available to be dealt, who are. At worst, good backups. Yes, at the very worst, they are probably the best backup in the league. Yeah, and we'll get to the other guy right now, Jonas Corposalo. Hey, yeah. rears ugly head again. Yeah. Um, you, it makes sense for him to be dealt. I think he, I mean, I'm not saying he wants it out of Columbus, but I'm, I think he'd rather go somewhere where he can compete. Um, he has some experience. He knows. He played a great series last yeah. year or two years ago against Toronto in the bubble. Yeah. Like, he's a guy who's got playoff experience. He, like I said, he didn't win the big series against Tampa, but he plays Toronto well. He shuts down Austin Matthews for the better part of five games. Yeah, I mean, he is definitely he has experience. Would not shock me once again. I don't think he could go in and just flat out beat out Darcy Kemper. Yeah. But he could go in and at the very least push him and have a very solid backup option if you don't trust Kemper to close the game out. Yeah. Corpusalo obviously not having a great year. He's six and nine with a three nine five goals against average and an eight eighty three save percentage, uh, in fifteen starts, nineteen total games. You know he played his first game since January thirty first. Uh, struggled in his return from a lower body injury. Uh, he allowed six goals on thirty three shots and a six zero loss to the Islanders. It's obviously the Jackets. I don't want to say they play harder for. Elvis Merzlikens, because I know that's not true. You play hard for everybody, and that's just the way it is. But it just does seem like luck is in their hands uh, when Elvis is in net. I don't know I if it's like luck. It's just like he, fe- he. It just feels like he. The energy the team is, feeds off him. Yeah, he just makes really big saves and like yeah. that shift. They make he makes momentum shifting saves. Yeah, and it just feels like the team doesn't have it with Corpy in the net anymore. He's not the guy he once was. And like I said, send him on a prove it deal. If not, he's a UFA. He's probably leaving the team anyway. You're going to free up that salary regardless. Might as well try and turn a profit out of it. He's not going to net you a third-round pick. He's not going to net you a second-round pick. He might net you a fourth or fifth. There's a chance. But, I mean, the fact that Edmonton declined a second and a third on him tells me all I need to know about what his price is out there because Edmonton's probably one of the most needy goalie teams. Miko Koskinen's came on as of late, but he's still not the guy you want in Mm-mm. net uh, down the stretch. So I think Corpusal is a great backup, if anything. Uh, maybe Semyon Varmalamov, too, from the Islanders. Maybe you get him a chance. Um, Alexander Gorgiev, possibly out of the Rangers. He's the backup to the best goalie in the league right now. He's not going to touch the ice during the playoffs. Uh, he's a guy who can play. He's a guy who can push any starter. They thought Alexander Gorgiev might be the starter going into the season two years ago, and Igor Shesterkin blew him out of the water uh, and continues to blow him out of the water. And then another candidate, possibly Craig Anderson for the Sabres. He's 40 years old. Uh, he's a pending UFA. So he's going to leave regardless from Buffalo. They might want to turn a profit for him. Again, he's a guy who can give you depth. He's not a guy who's going to start, but he's a guy where if your starter gets hurt, at least you have a guy who can win you a couple games in the playoffs. Exactly. Relying on your offense. Hopefully he will get you there. But 
Let's talk about trades that have already gone down. Um, Josh Manson traded to Colorado from Anaheim for Drew Hellison and a 2023 uh, second rounder, rather. Uh, that's a big trade for Colorado. I, I think personally, yeah. I think Colorado now has the best defensive pairing. I mean, um, heading yeah. into the postseason. I agree. I, I mean, there's no way that anyone's going to be able to say, you know, McCarr, Taves, Gerard, Manson, Bowen, ba- Bynum, I think is the name. Bynum? Yeah. Bronum? I don't know. I think it's Bynum. Bynum and then... I don't know who their sixth was going to be. That's a depth guy, but yeah. how often is your sixth man on defense? Your I mean, fifth and sixth man getting on the ice. And the playoffs, exactly. not often. So, no. I mean, if you can give me a top four of Josh Manson, Sam Gerrard, Devon Taves, and Cal McCarr, I mean, that's going to be scary for a lot of teams that have to play Colorado. Yeah, and especially, once again, talk about like Colorado doesn't have a great goaltender situation. Yeah. But, I mean, maybe Darcy Kemper won't have to do that much Fixing in net. It, yeah. yeah, if they've got those deep pairings out there. I really like that move by Colorado. It shows that they're willing to go all in for this to get this cup. I think they absolutely should. I think that they're the favorite right now, even with Darcy Kemper in net. Yeah. Uh, they are playing very good hockey, and they have someone in Kale McCarr that we have not really seen before, and that's not we didn't even mention – Nathan McKinnon and yeah. everyone else on that team. Yeah, it's. I, I think Colorado's proving to be why they're the favorite uh, right now. It just makes sense. I mean, this is a move where if you trade for Josh Manson, you're going all in. There's no real reason to give up a second round pick or Hellison, Drew Hellison, um, unless you think you have the potential with, you know, what you got right now. And it makes sense for Colorado in this in this you know standpoint. Why not go get the guys that you can get if you have the cap for it. I mean, Manson cost $4.1 million. They didn't lose anything out of this trade. Mm-hmm. If anything, all it gives you is a really good shot to push. I don't see Manson as the guy who takes you over the top. I think Colorado is going to win anyways, but I think Manson almost solidifies that they're probably the team coming out of the Western Conference. Yeah. And like Daryl Sutter, the Calgary Flames head coach, this morning he said, you know, I feel bad for the team that's going to catch Colorado in the first round because you're going to waste eight days. Yeah. Four nights, eight days you're done like yeah. that's it yeah. Colorado at worst is probably gonna last five games the first round yeah at worst at worst I agree like they're just that much better than everybody else their offense is that much better than everybody else and then another move Colorado today trades away Tyson Jost for uh Nico Sturm from Minnesota it makes sense again clearing the cap for a potential goalie bring in uh probably Flurry, maybe someone else but a likely Flurry is what it seems like um Nico Sturm young kid got a lot of potential why not give him a chance? Uh, and he's probably not going to play a ton of minutes in the playoffs if he does at all. Uh, Tyson Jost, the guy who's the third liner, second liner, kind of flirted in that area, was super important to a guy like Gabriel Landeskog. He loved uh, Tyson Jost. So this move to me again, Colorado again to me, it signifies that this is their year. You don't just trade away a guy that the locker room loved for no reason. Yeah, you do that because you, you know need it. you need you need to make the move. Yeah, and I think you bring him in, uh, you're gonna get someone even if he doesn't play tons of minutes in uh in the playoffs, he's going to be learning and getting ready for a, another run next year because yeah. and he's gonna be around guys who have been there before who are now winning in the playoffs will be in a winning culture. Yeah, Nico Sturm is. He's he's got potential. Like I said, it's not gonna be it's not easy for Minnesota to deal a guy like Nico Sturm. You know, he's one of their prospects. He they liked him a lot. They bring in Jost. And the other question is, was this a win for Minnesota or Colorado? 
I, I, Minnesota getting Tyson Jost is a I mean, big deal because yeah. for a guy like uh, Kirill Kaprizov, who I got to see live, he doesn't have a lot of support. He's the guy that got the puck on his stick 95% of the time he's on the ice. If you can give him a guy like Tyson Jost to potentially pass the puck off, let Kirill Kaprizov get open, do some stuff on the ice that not many other people can do speed-wise, yeah, stick-wise. I'm. I think. I mean. Move. Yeah. I think it's a winning trade for both sides. Like. Yeah. Not o- salary. Not often do both sides win a trade, but I think it's like both teams got what they wanted, so therefore, win. Yeah, it makes the most sense. And then we'll also get a couple of trades that I think could be coming up very soon here. Uh, ben Sherratt from Montreal. It seems almost guaranteed he's going to be dealt by the deadline. He's Might sitting even be out, dealt today. Yeah, he's setting out Tuesday night's game. Uh, for Montreal, they said management reasons why, which tells you one thing. It's because he's in the midst of contract talks to be traded, uh, whatever you want to call it. He's 6'3", 235. That doesn't grow on trees. Mm-mm. Like He's going to be dealt. He makes the most sense to be dealt out of Montreal. He's played pretty well this year. He's played pretty pretty well around pretty bad people. Um, the, the organization's kind of given up on this year. That's why they're pretty much sitting in the bottom. Uh, they're cellar dwellers after going to the Stanley Cup Finals. It it's doesn't so, make it's sense. It's so sad. It's like depressing, actually. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But like I said, Ben Chirot makes sense to be traded. It's a good move all around. They're probably going to get some prospects, probably some picks in return for it. And my biggest thought for where he was going to go was going to be Colorado. Yeah. And un- after this trade of Josh Manson, I don't think Colorado needs him anymore. No, I don't so think so I, either. I'm trying to think like what makes sense from a, a contract standpoint. And then also from like you need a D pairing standpoint, I think the only real move like that would make sense to me would be a side on like a, a team in the East. But I don't know how willing a team like say Toronto is to go get Ben Sherratt. I mean, I, I think it'd be a great move if they did. They need a lot of help on defense. Yeah, I don't know. Like, but I just don't know. What's the wise. yeah? What's the, and what's the yeah, what's the pa- the package gonna look like yeah. for a team like Toronto? Because the thing is too, if you make that move. In Toronto, you probably got to ship some salary off or retain some salary. Or Montreal's got to retain some salary from Sherratt. I just don't know if they can do it. I think they got the picks to do it. I think they got the prospects to do it. But how willing is, is Toronto going to be to sell that off? Yeah. So we'll see how that goes off. And then one more player I can see getting dealt and makes a lot of sense to me being dealt is uh, Ducks defenseman Hampus Lindholm. He makes a lot of sense to move into Boston. He would be a perfect fit on the left side defenseman. Slides in right next to Charlie McVoy in the top pairing. He's 6'4", 216. Again, that doesn't grow on trees. He's no. a bruiser. He's a great offensive upside. It makes the most sense. The Ducks are kind of, I don't want to say giving up on the playoffs or kind of giving around um, a chance to playoffs, but when you have a young core, you got a bright future. I don't think this is the year they're going to push for the playoffs. I think this is the year they can kind of sell low or sell high, I meant, um, on get player and getting players that yeah, probably the- are not going to re-sign and, and – uh, Anaheim anytime soon, especially when you have picks coming in. You got guys like Trevor Zegers. You got guys like yeah. Troy Terry. Yeah, Ducks are commanding a lot of money. Yeah, Ducks are ten points back from the Kings right now. I think to wild card. Yeah, for wild yeah. card. Uh, I don't know if they they're in a similar spot as the Jackets. Yeah. Whereas you have a really young core, you have a really bright future. Yeah. How much do you sell right now? Exactly. And honestly, like. Whatever the Jackets do in Yarmo, we trust. Uh, yes. I don't really care. Say, I think it's the same thing in Anaheim. You really probably don't want to sell off. Uh, you don't want to probably... You're probably okay selling a lot. Because, yeah. honestly, Zegris is going to be the core of your team. and build around him. Get some more prospects. Get some picks. I'd be very... And the same thing with the Jackets. You're very willing if they part with some of these guys 
to We've get. We've seen how Yarmouk can pick. I mean, it works out beautifully. Exactly. So I think, and clearly Anaheim's doing a good job. They got Zegras. So, yeah. They uh, got Zegras and Troy Terry. I think yeah. they're doing all right. Exactly. So I'm not too worried about either of those teams if they do sell. Uh, Anaheim, if you sell, no big deal. You're 10 points back. In, Probably not your year anyways. No. No like, reason, uh, no to, reason honest, to go all to in honest, when you're 10 points back. Let's be completely honest with ourselves. Say Anaheim gets that number uh, eight spot. Congratulations, your first round exits in Colorado. Yeah, you have no shot. What's the po- yeah? Like you're you're. There's no point to push if you're going to get an eight spot. Exactly. Yes, I get it. It's Stanley Cup playoffs. It's very prestigious. It's very cool to have that honor. But this is not the year that you want to see Colorado. Correct. So I don't see them uh, trying to hold on to him anytime soon. And then two guys I see at the positions um, of need in a lot of places that could be traded. I think J T Miller from Vancouver, great trade right now. Um, for anybody to pick up he's a guy who can score he's been the best player on the ice every time he steps on the ice for the past i don't know three weeks he's played unbelievable he's playing out of his mind he'd be a great get for anybody right now uh, a lot of the insiders around the nhl world are saying they believe the rangers are the best fit i think the rangers would be stupid to not get him yeah you're not you gonna have the cap yeah. you have a guy on the other side of him like artemi panarin who has shown to be one of the best players in the world and i think jt miller would elevate his game even more Chris Kreider also around guy like I mean there's guys like Chris Kreider who you can play with yeah. Adam Fox in your back end there's Jacob Truba like I, the list goes on and on the Rangers make a lot of sense from a speed wise yep. from play style yes from a guy who could be there and play great JT Miller I believe has already played there before he used to be a Ranger he left he made a ton of money he's elevated his game he's shown he could be that next level guy and I think it's smart for the Rangers to bring him back and another forward I see maybe getting traded Patrick Kane. Tim, well, I don't, I don't wanna, I don't, wow, I was I not privy to this information before uh, <laughs> we started recording. Wow. I don't want to lose you on this one, Tim, but... No, 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 that's the thing. I didn't want to say it earlier. I was thinking, I was like, I mean, honestly, like, what's the point of keeping a guy like Patrick Kane around <laughs> when you're going to be, like, you'll get a haul back for him. Kind of, it seems this seems like a logical move for Chicago to do, and who the hell would not want exactly. Patrick Kane his, on his, his team? His contract is not a ton of money for his his play for what you're going to get out of it not a ton of money and again this is a fit where hey rangers you got the cap yeah you have the assets you want to push for a title the east is wide open right now oh and east it's not is it's wide not, open it's not wide open no but it's open but, but they're second right now in the yeah. metro and the hardest division in hockey they're fighting night in night out with a guy like chris Kreider. yeah who's leading well, was leading the league in goals for a large majority of the season until Austin Matthews went on a tear. I'm just saying I think they have the assets now. You have the runaway Vesna winner. You have a guy who's yeah. potentially pushing for MVP who's going to win the Vesna and Igor Shea Sturkin. you got a guy like Gerard Gallant who he's finding a way year in, year out to continue to get Coach of the Year votes and Jack Adams Award. How do you keep winning Jack Adams awards when you have come back from a great team to another great team to another great team? He continues to find a way to build this team, make it better and better and better. Yeah. New York Rangers are pushing for a title. And I think a guy like Patrick Kane or JT Miller, you're going to get one or the other. You're not going to get both if you get either of them. Um, I think it makes the most sense. I think they have a great chance to bring him in. Why not pull the trigger? Yeah. Patrick Kane. uh, It's a once in a lifetime player. Exactly. Shock Chicago legend. Like, but probably wants to be in a spot. Said where he, he wants can to end his career in Chicago, but at the same time, like, dude, do you want another title? Yeah. Like, do you, you want to get a Stanley Cup? Yeah. He's not gonna say no to that. No one yeah, in the mind is. You can't. Uh, we've already touched on a couple defensemen that could leave. Uh, one other guy I see leaving, who's been a name in the trade market for literally months now, Jacob Chikrin 
from Arizona. He's got to leave that team. They're not good. They're not helping him any. He's losing all of his stock. They stink. By staying there. Um, they're going to play in a college arena next <sighs> year. They're going to have the largest attendance records ever. They're going to have 120% attendance in every single game by putting in 6,000 people. Yeah. I mean, that's just embarrassing. But besides the point, um, I think Jacob Chikrin is a fascinating player because of what he can do for a team. He's not going to be a top-line guy, but he's definitely a top four yeah. in the back end. And I think the style of play he brings is so perfect for any postseason because he's physical. You he's everyone, really, really good with his stick. Everyone needs a bruiser in the playoffs. Yeah, he's really, really good with his stick. He's very smart with his stick as well. Uh, he's not going to be a guy that's going to draw a lot of penalties or, I guess, you know, give penalties to anybody. Yeah. He's not going to give away a lot of uh, ice. He's a very smart player. He's a very He's a very well-developed player for anybody to go get right now, which makes a lot of sense for teams that are developing and need defensemen. Yeah, kind of shocking. Toronto. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, kind of surprising that uh, the Avs went – didn't got Eason instead of uh, Chikrin. I feel like it could have been you could have given up less to get him, but yeah, I mean Arizona. I feel like would probably take anything. I at think this Arizona's point. gonna be kind of needy though because everyone knows Chikrin's on the line. Yeah, like, that's on fair. the line to get to that's get traded. Fair. So the price might be a little higher, but then again, if you're gonna get a guy like Jacob Chikrin, why not? Why not? Like we said this all episode, but but to be realistic, like if you are close enough to win a Stanley Cup. There, th- like, there's literally no reason we're, we're talking to the there's four teams that we're gonna say are like contenders who could be making moves avs are making moves making them rangers are Ma- could looking make moves. could make moves <laughs> like are in position to make moves the uh panthers in position yeah. to make a move the fourth team i'm gonna say calgary yes calgary they've been Flames. making moves they're in position to make moves. They are. They have a lot of move. They have a lot of wiggle room money wise. Exactly too. to bring anyone in they want to. They have a lot of characters, let's say, in that <laughs> locker room. Um, a lot of guys who could. They're easy to play with. I mean, Johnny Gaudreau is probably the easiest player in hockey to play with. I'm just saying. I think there's a lot of potential movement um, that could happen in the league in the next within the next week. By the next time we film another episode, there could be a lot of changes. It's interesting though. I mean, the MLB has seven trades in three days of a salary or three days of a CBA opening, and the NHL has had two trades in almost two months. Yep. So we're waiting for that still, but I think it's going to be a very exciting trade deadline. I hope uh, there's a lot of teams that have a chance to contend. There's a lot of teams that are about one or two pieces away that if they go out and get them, I think they have a real chance to compete with anybody in the league. And then finally, Tim, we're going to cap it off with your favorite player and the most hated player in the league right now. Shut up. Austin Matthews making a idiotic play, um, cross-checking a player in the neck. Tim, it how happens. can you support this? It happens, man. Just just hockey. Just good old-fashioned hockey. Boys getting a little too rough. It happens. It was, it was un- unbelievable. Uh, how he only gets a two-game suspension literally blows my mind. Well, uh, can you at least admit, like, two oh, games a little light? Yeah. No shit. I light. mean, honestly, the fact, like, two games is – is this pure star Slap player? On the wrist. It's pure star player treatment. Like, it's literally Dude is pushing for a sixty goal season. The NHL has a chance to probably suspend him for I don't know five to ten games, and they go ah two yeah, games. Yeah, it, it's very similar to like if LeBron were to do anything <laughs> wrong, where it's like we give him a game or two, and it's like okay, well you're just doing that to do that. Like people are they know what they have in Austin yeah, Matthews. Yeah, exactly. They know how many eyes he's attracting to the game. And honestly, 
is it a bad thing to have a villain in the sport? No, it's, it's not. not. It's it's great. You need one exactly, and you can't. But at the you, same time, golly, Tom why? Wilson exists. Why? Why does he have to do that? I I was just starting to like Austin Matthews, Tim. I was. I don't believe you. I was just starting I to come around for you. it. I watched his entire warmups when Toronto played in Columbus. I was just starting to come around to, hey, this Austin Matthews guy ain't too bad. He's pretty cool. I'm, he, st- I'm still. He's a horrible guy. I'm so for it, though. <laughs> he's a horrible guy. Someone's got to wear a black hat. I, <laughs> no. No one needs to wear Everyone can be nice around the world. Tim. No. Let's spread a mus- message of positivity. Everybody can be friends. No. Austin Matthews is doing <laughs> is doing what the NHL needs, which is this bringing is a his villain. villain. This is his villain origin story. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been episode 13, lucky number 13 yep. of Round the Rank. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Love you guys.